sweeping the floor, baby, because that's what the Sixers did this week to Brooklyn. I wish KJ was here to help us out, get a little bit excited. And while I'm on the topic of KJ, I just want to say KJ's got to take a little bit of a break from the show. Our boy is graduating college. He's going out, getting a job, doing big things. So we're super duper proud of him. But if you guys don't see KJ on the show from now until maybe about June, July, that's why. So wish him a congratulations in the chat. He's graduating college. But we got a jam-packed show for you guys as always. I got a full house tonight with Air Jordan, Ballpark Tommy, Ash. We got a ton of guests coming on the show tonight as always. Got a jam-packed show like I said. Um, But the Phillies are finally getting their shit together. And uh, without further ado, let me use my special mouse. So Time for Phillies talk with Ballpark Tommy. Dinger stitch. Oh, Tommy. Um, I'm going to bring Evan in and he's our calling too, but he's hanging out with us for a little bit. If you guys don't know, I'm just going to give him a brief introduction. This is Evan Hollywood Hearn from fourth and John, the man, the myth, the legend behind the cheese sticks at the fourth and John tailgates. If you don't know him, give him a round of applause guys. And we're really happy to have him on the show. We had Gail here before we haven't had Evan yet and we'll get prime hopefully sometime soon, but welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me on. And uh, I want to wish a congratulations to KJ. Uh, graduating college is a big deal. Congratulations to him. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, feel free to chime in whenever. But I'm going to just kick it to Tommy because I want to get his opinion on this. Now, we know a lot of times in Philadelphia, there's fist fights, tensions get high, but it's not very often that you will see a fist fight in the professionals, I guess you could say. Uh, a minor league brawl, to say the least. Did you see this, Tom? I did, and I don't know. It just seemed like a normal, like, I guess a brushback pitch, and then it led to this just like any other brawl. I'm just saying, this is like, if you look at this photo, like, this is benches clearing. Like, this is like, this ain't no normal. Like, this is both sides of the ball going at it i i read the article like usually on mondays this is how the podcast world works for all you amateurs you look up where it's like phillies news on mondays so that you'll have something to talk about and when i looked up phillies news for an amateur this is what came up and i'm like oh shit shit went down because tom from an amateur's perspective baseball guys don't fight they pat each other on the ass and spit sunflower seeds they hang out all day they don't sure they fight do. they, they fight all the time it's just you don't watch baseball, Dutch. <laughs> I guess not, but I'm going to start watching bench, it now after this WWE shit. All the time. You need to look up. There was a good fight, and uh, it was a few years ago. Yasiel Puig, when he was on the Reds, it's it they're, and they're wearing, like, their old-school jerseys, so it literally looks like something, like, out of, the, like, the Revolutionary War era, like the Civil War era, because it has all that, like, old calligraphy font on it for both the Pirates and the reds and you just see them swinging at each other or behind home plate you need to look that one up on youtube dutch let, let, let me ask a question real quick dutch because i'm just i'm just curious for your perspective on this uh like this is a single a team right so is there any sort of um threshold for as far as how far you've made it up the ranks in the mlb before like i look at like a single a team getting a bench clearing brawl and i'm looking at some of those guys that are in the fight and i'm like are, are they serious enough to be called up you know what i mean yeah true does that come so, like, is there a reason why this doesn't happen in the MLB then? And then maybe me, as the amateur, Tom, this is why maybe I don't see it. Evan makes a good point. There's a certain level of professionalism 
to going out and having that bench clearing fight. I mean, maybe there's a reason why. I mean, I, don't up. get me wrong. I'm all in on a bench clearing brawl. I I, I know <laughs> what, what Dutch is talking about. I think it's great for Reigns. Uh, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, say, um, do you think that guys in the MLB get more leeway for like a bench clearing brawl than like, do you think these guys in single A are getting reamed out? It's more so my question. I think they're absolutely going to get ringed out, like, because everything's about, oh, this is how a major, like, it's all, think about, like, when you're in high school, everybody's, like, says, is, you're not going to get away with this in college, like, it's all in prep, like, everything that you do in high school is supposed to be in preparation for college, mm -hmm. theoretically, yeah. hey, um, the minor leagues is the same way. Hey, you can't be doing this. This will slide on the major league level because it's all in preparation for getting you to that next level. It's getting mm -hmm. you to the major leagues. So do I think they, they're going to get reamed out more because they're in, because they're at single A? A hundred percent. I do. No, <laughs> I a hundred percent would agree with that sentiment. Like they're going to get reamed out for doing this. But at the same time, the guy who threw the first punch was, I think, uh, the third base coach. And, and, so. to be, and to be fair, it looks like those stands could use some ticket sales. So I was thinking maybe the fans got involved in the fight, too. I don't know. <laughs> all, all five of them. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, Ash, you guys got anything? My brother actually texted me about this um, earlier in the week before Dalton did. So, uh, yeah, he was he was like, did you see this? I was like, I, did he Google Phillies news, too? Or was he just more tapped in than me? <laughs> he's he's very into baseball right now. So he was he was tapped in on it. But, yeah, he was like he sent me he sent me the screenshots that I used for the graphics. But, yeah. He's like, this was so cool. I'm like, oh, okay. Clearly, it's baseball, so like, they need some kind of fan base. So you know, they're gonna say, hey, you know, this happens in a minor league game. Maybe I should go because you know, baseball is kind of interesting. Um, other than that, I mean, hey, I've seen worse fights in the NBA and benches clear in the NFL. So, I mean, Phillies fans had a food fight in the stands this past week. Exactly. So. I mean, it's baseball. They're just trying to get any kind of, you know, leeway. You know how much I don't like baseball because it's, <laughs> it's a kid's sport. All right, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and move on to the next topic before Tom reams you out like some of those four <laughs> players got reamed out by their coach. I'm sure. How about that transition? Anyways, Tom. One thing we both love when we are at a Phillies game and Ranger Suarez comes up to the plate and we both start singing. Mr. Ray, is it coming back? He's finally – so he's supposed to make – they said four to five minor league starts. It depends how things go. He threw 25 pitches to Bryce Harper earlier last week, and he looked good apparently. So that should give us a lot more hope, especially with uh, – Tonight, before we came on, uh, Taiwan Walker went down with a with some forearm tightness, so uh, we might be losing another pitcher. So he can't come back soon enough, to say the least. Um, so I, I love Ranger. He's he's an absolute stud. And like him coming in in the playoffs and being like, like, um, being like, oh, oh, not only am I going to be your lights out starter. I'm going to come in and close it out against the Padres to send us to the world series. Like that's the, that's the stuff where you have like October legends. Like that's Reggie Jackson, Madison Bumgarner, or uh shit right there where you're like, like, Oh my God. Like 
this like this is like what makes October super special. And to see Ranger back, it's going to bring back those special vibes again that were just magical. Yeah, I mean, uh, just watching what he did in the postseason last year, you see the energy he brings to the ball club. And I think it really, like, for all the people that are sitting out here and are panicking at, uh, you know, the the slow start that the Phillies have had to the year, you have to keep in the back of your mind, we're minus Ranger, we're minus Bryce Harper. Um, So, you know, it's it's a slow start to the season, but we're still just knocking off the uh, the injuries of last year. Yeah. Plus, you'll get Andrew Painter back. Hopefully, it sounds like in June. I was going to say, did they ever give an update as to? I I never saw because I know that that was like a big thing that they weren't giving any updates on that. Mm -hmm. They said like, so he could be back in May, but they said they really don't want to rush him because he's so young and he's like their top prospect. Yeah. So they they're like it's more realistic June or even after the All Star break, just because. Why rush him if you don't necessarily need to rush him back? And it, it sounds like Griff McGarry's coming back from his injury a lot sooner. Like he he had a start last week already in the minors, and that that was a name that was thrown around about possibly bringing up. So we might see him before Andrew Painter just because of the way the injury bug kind of shook out the way it did. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the other than that, I mean, the bats are hitting. I mean, we've been struggling with that. Look at Castellanos. All of a sudden, he's he's a source of power. 13 <laughs> yeah. home runs all of last season. He, said he had one tonight, two over the weekend. And I mean, all of a sudden, he's he's a home run machine. And that was <laughs> our hope. Like, last last year at Castellanos, like, we were, like, hoping this year he would be a lot better of a player and a bat. And, I mean, he's answered pretty promising. So, I mean, once we get those bats, we still need to get our pitching down. Um other than that, I think the, the Phillies are in a good spot right now. Um, the starters need to learn how to go past five innings. That's what's right. killing them. <laughs> that's that's yeah. And Aaron Nola, I, I just, I just, <laughs> I, I don't know. He infuriates me. Yeah, so much. Like, it, it here's why. Control right now. Here's why. Hey, I want him to be so good, so bad, and he shows so many signs of being a true ace. But then when the wheels fall off. Oh, do they fall off? And it's a fiery descent. It's like one of those like car crashes that you see, like on on the side of like the blue route, where like the guy was definitely going way too fast, spun out of control. Oh my God, Doctor Sherman Lynch is going down! And all of a sudden, the car's on fire too. Like that, like it does. It's not like a gradual decline. It's just like an explosion right away. And just... it kind of, it kind of seems like it comes after the first uh, rotation of of the of the lineup. Yeah, it does. Yeah. What, 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 once they see him one time, they they uh, got his number. It feels like. No, I agree with that. And back to your guys' point too. Um, when I was away, I heard you guys bringing up Nick Castellanos. Um. I'm not to bring up a, a sore topic, but there is a meme on Twitter that went viral, and you guys probably already know where I'm going with this. Um, Queen Elizabeth and Nick Castellanos have some sort of a correlation. Could you explain what that is, Tom? Because you'll probably explain it better than me before I get I, into this. I honestly don't know what you're talking about. Though. I think Does I anybody know, know what I'm talking about? about? I think I know what you're talking about. So Could you explain Nick, it? Yeah, so uh, Nick Castellanos has a habit of hitting home runs. Oh, I do uh, know about that. Dur- during, uh, right right after tragic events have happened. I think it all <laughs> happened with, I, I forget who the announcer was, but the first one I remember, he had said something inappropriate on the air. Yeah. And we- 
get fired and was in the middle of apologizing for what he said. And then Nick Castellanos cracks one over the wall. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just seems to have a habit of continually doing that. The queen dies. Nick gets a home run. I mean, <laughs> Tom McCarthy's so doing a eulogy to, to fallen veterans on Memorial day last year in the middle of said eulogy, he hits a home run. <laughs> now I'm just saying on Nick being hot, I've, nothing tragic has happened. Not the wood. Don't want anything tragic to happen, of course. But Jack knows I am really, really weird and astrological and all that shit. And I have this thing called the boomerang effect in life where everything is happening but the reverse of it. And I just looked up the date and it was like September 8th that was Queen Elizabeth's death, which was exactly four months-ish out um, from the new year. And it's been four months. It's uh, April right now. So confirmed, in my opinion, in my weird, like, mojo that I got going on, it matches up. And <laughs> it's nice to see him actually coming out to play, in all seriousness. And in all seriousness, moreover, how about this kid Stott? Last year, I remember people coming on the show and just being like, Bryson Stott is okay, he's a good player, but I don't think he's ready to start yet. Um, delivers all last year during the playoffs. And then this year is just a whole new man. Alec Boom goes out and puts on like fucking like 15 pounds of muscle uh, and looks like a real Nebraska Cornhusker now. And ultimately, the whole team is gelling together. And I think Evan put it best a couple minutes ago, too. You have players like Bryce Harper, Ranger coming back. And we haven't even seen the start, I think, of what Trey Turner can be. I think that once Bryce, his boy, is back, and this team's really humming, they could be scary. So I think it's honestly an advantage in a way, and I know that Tom will hate me for saying this, but a couple episodes ago, Tom made a good point. He said, it's important to get hot in the beginning of the season. Agreed. But when you have talent like this, maybe your identity is coming together at the second part of the season like it was last year, and you're almost, like, doubted the whole season. I don't know. It makes for a hell of a good storyline, in my opinion. But regardless, it's nice to see the Phillies actually playing some good ball again. Yeah. But, Dalton, I have one – since you're a football guy, I'll, I'll make this comparison for you. But how sweet is it to just keep winning and winning and winning all season like the Eagles did? That is pretty sweet. I won't lie. That is pretty <laughs> sweet. Um but in baseball, there's also 160 games. In the NFL, there's 18, so it's around, like, 10%. You know what I mean? And then yeah. I was actually talking about this. And side note topic, but, like, I love the crew that we have tonight, so we're going to get into it. Um, We were talking about, do you guys think, like, somebody asked me from an outside opinion. Uh, it was actually during a business deal, and they were like, hey – do you guys think, like, they're like, what? what's the deal with Phillies fans and Eagles fans? Because you're all Philly fans, but why are Phillies tailgates not the same as an Eagles tailgate? And immediately I was like, okay, well, the Dollar Dog Night tailgate was pretty fun. That was pretty nuts. But my first initial thought was the, the amount of games. But then I thought about it, and I really thought about there's only eight home games a year that we're really blessed with. So, like, and that's if you get eight eight to ten, maybe. So, now that we're a winning team, we'll have more, maybe. But, well, I, I mean, don't know. To that point, I mean, you don't really tailgate for said basketball, baseball, whereas you tailgate all the time for football. Like, I don't think 
in college or anything like that, you tailgated for a basketball event, nope. a baseball event, a lacrosse event. It nope. was all the main sport. And I feel like it's weird tailgating for like baseball because it's not because you football, you come, you know, five hours before the game, you know, get make some uh, breakfast. And then we got Evan making the cheese steaks. Like <laughs> we had, there's, sure. it's, uh, I don't know. It's just a weird, it's a different sporting event. I, I guess I, I would say. I, I, th- I think Dalton, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier when you were talking about how, um, you know, there's 17 games in the year and then there's 162 baseball games in the year. And so what, since there's 10 percent, I think the value of each of those games uh, is that much higher because, you know, if you lose a game in football, that could uh, one game can uh, mean all the difference in, in division standings in whatever. And so each game just feels like that much more. Whereas if you were to if you were to lose a baseball game since there's 162 you can kind of shrug it off and be like all right we lost that one but uh you know we could still get them tomorrow and i think another factor of it is um like who is going to be able to tailgate 82 <laughs> 80 games at like you know full court press where you're like dude I, i've only got so much money for these eagles tailgates i wouldn't be able to do another 80 tailgates a year i'd go yeah. insane Wait, Tom, who was the guy last year? And honestly, that's a really good point because you would think what crazy mofo could actually do that. Um, do you guys did you guys see the guy that was the Angels fan last year that went to like every game? Oh, there yeah, was seriously did didn't he go did he go to all 160, Tom, or how did that work? He went to all 162. He holy shit. I'm not sure if they were all Angels games. I'm pretty sure most of them were. Because I think he had like a con. Because I followed him on TikTok and uh, Instagram for a little bit. It uh, towards the end of it, and towards the end, he had some like work conflicts and and like personal conflicts where with like you know like weddings and stuff like that, like the normal stuff that gets in the way. Um, not like a job or anything like that. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like, like Evan feels. Yeah, yeah, Tom, we were talking before about the show. Everybody's got a job, you know. I don't know how these people are able to do that. Like, that's a whole six-month span, man. That's a sabbatical. Like, well, that's... Well, in our own fan base, we had, uh, you know, Chris Nady, right? Yeah. He went to every single Eagles game last year, home and away and in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I think even including the Super Bowl. So, my, my man was dedicated last year, dude. And and he made that decision prior to the year. He's like, I'm going to go to every single game this year. Dude, what a year to decide to do that, man. Oh, my God. He picked we, the right year. We had a partner at my firm who did that. Mm. He he went. But, like, he has client. He's one of the – he. so at my firm, we don't have a lot of – a lot of our clientele is, like, Philly-based and, like, New Jersey-based, though. Oh. Uh, uh, but this guy, he's one of the few in our in our office that uh, has clients all over the country, so he's constantly traveling. So everybody's like, "Yeah, this guy works like he he gets to work from home. Like he's always on the road. He's always working weird places. So it wasn't that big of a deal for him to like. Okay, the Eagles are in Arizona this week. I guess he's like he's in Arizona right. working on something. Like so he did that, but he's not. You know, he, he's an accountant, so he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but not a TikTok account. He doesn't get spicy with it. I do think, though, that like um, when you think about tailgate atmosphere and you think about like what an Eagles tailgate looks like versus a Phillies tailgate, if we were to take it, if we're talking about October baseball, October tailgates, all uh, of like a sudden, it, those it, were in the postseason, though, that's like 
they're they're almost on par with each other there because when the playoff juices are pumping, like more people are going to come down, more people are going to invest in like dropping more, you know, beer, food, all that, making their tailgates that much bigger because there's only so many more games left. I forget. I think it was the Jags game I went to last. I think I I might be. I, that might have been in September, not October, or I think. But yeah, it was week four. I remember it. it okay, was yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't go that week. Oh, I remember. I went, but I remember my voice. Like I forget what week it was where I went to. It was the game where Reese Hoskins had the bat spike against the Braves. Mm-hmm. Then I went to the Eagles game that Sunday, and the Friday before. What else? did i do on friday it was another philly sports thing oh i was just at no i was at xfinity on the friday hey to watch the to watch the phillies gotcha so like that whole week like but that being said october or like there's all sorts of weird statistics that happen that just show how magical like october baseball plus the eagles being in play plus the sixers being in play and we'll say the Flyers norm uh, normal year. This the Flyers year, oh, existing. God. Yeah, the Flyers <laughs> existing. Um, like it it was absolutely nuts. Like, if you look at like Philadelphia has become unfortunately a very crime written city at times. In October, all of a sudden, in the the crime rate dropped like a stone because yeah. everyone was like captivated by everything. It's like a a a, a just cloud of goodness was over the city and just brought everything like back to normalcy back to like everyone being kumbaya that true brotherly love and all that yeah this would be the fit all world series bro all world series i was rocking this (laughs) i have one last comment then moving on i will say being in philadelphia crime written city these sports events bring everyone together and which I feel like that's a nice thing to have for uh, a city that's like, you know, struggling with crime, murder, things like that. So I think sports in general bring everyone together. And it's nice once you see that com- combination of people. As, as a guy that lives in Philadelphia, I have had shots pop off during a Fourth and John show before. <laughs> it's, it, it gets wild. <laughs> yeah. Let, 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 let's hope it's a quiet night tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Try to turn down the volume for this intro uh, into this segment then. All right, so KJ's not here. Um, but if you guys haven't, join our Discord. The link is in the bio to that. You guys can check them out. But uh, the Sixers somehow, someway, knocking on wood, the Sixers sweep. The Cel- or I'm sorry, the Sixers sweep the net, but, and now they play the Celtics. They're, if they sweep the Celtics, that'll be nuts. That's not going to happen. Um, I think we're lucky if it goes to a seven-game series. I'm hoping in that seven-game series we come out on top. Uh, right now, the Celtics actually kind of got robbed last night by the Hawks and Trey Young. Thinking ahead a, a little bit. Shot. That was a what, sick what do you shot think, Tom? What are you thinking about this? Are we going to play the Celtics? Hawks have no, a chance. We're still playing the Celtics. Boston should have closed it out last night, but that was that was an awesome shot. Trey Young literally said, "Give me the ball. I'm winning this shit." Crossed half court and just threw up a prayer 
And if Mike Green was still an announcer, he would have been going, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> like, it, like, it's just like a fan who had no true, like, I really don't care if we play the Hawks or we play the Celtics. Because the, the Hawks, we already know because they've done it to us once. Is If they can get hot, they'll beat us. Boston, overall talent-wise, is really good. But I think they're in one of those stretches where they're not playing their best basketball oh, at the right time. But they're still one of those teams, talent-wise, they're better than the Hawks. Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, this is the perfect storm because, you know, we didn't we, – we swept them without playing Bede. And having that – break for like a week and a half um and getting Embiid healthy i think is a perfect storm for us because granted we're going to play the celtics and the celtics are a really good team jaron brown is popping off uh chase uh J- jason tatum like there that team is a really good team i mean i don't know i i wish the celtics won last night because then we wouldn't have to be waiting this long um, but I think we need this, it for Embiid's knee's sake. To yeah, exactly. Another game. I think this is gonna be a good series. I, I think it's gonna be a seven-game series. I hope to God um, that we we don't uh, we aren't we're not second round out like we were the past two years. I'm gonna be honest, and I hold my breath, Doherty. Yeah, I'm so, nervous. I yeah, we'll see. L- l- listen, this this year I'm gonna try and bring some optimism into this chat because all all year long. This Sixers team has felt different, man. It really has. The The thing with Embiid going down is brutal because this is something we've seen year in and year out. Um, but this, this is a team that just has, just to me, I've been watching them all year long. They've been clicking different. And um, I think that the Hawks, given the Celtics trouble, that is at least promising to me because the Celtics are seeming more human. And um, I think that, you know, giving us more time for Embiid to get healthy and, uh, you know, j- just kind of poking holes and ha- and ha- how we can beat the Celtics. I think um, I'm confident guys. I'm confident. Yeah. I mean, I will say before this, I was telling, talking to the team that I feel like I'm a better, I feel more confident in this team than I have the past two years. And that's saying a lot. I mean, like you said, Evan, everyone is gelling together. Uh, McDaniel's playing well. Maxie's playing well. When you say the team, were you in the locker room? No, I'm talking about 302 birds. And, I mean, Kobe is playing outstanding in this playoff series. Like, he's been quiet pretty pretty frequent this, this season. And then now in the playoffs, he's playing a different game. And let, let me talk about the man of the last series, P.J. Tucker, yes. who I talked all this shit in uh, the last Sixers offseason because I said, oh, we're going to solve all our problems with 38-year-old P.J. Tucker. Man, I tell you what, that dude plays harder than anyone else on the court, and he's the oldest guy out there. Um, he, he has so much heart. He, I mean, he's an offensive rebound machine, and that's exactly the type of uh, energy we needed injected in this uh, in in this lineup. And another great guy for like a player, a young player like Maxi to look up to, and um, you know, really carve out uh, his playing style. Yeah, I'm a little nervous, uh, definitely, for the upcoming series. I think it could go um, – d- we're definitely not going to sweep them. I think it will be either a six- or a seven-game series. I am kind of grateful that Atlanta is giving the Celtics a little bit of trouble. I think it does show us where their weak spots are a little bit. But I was incredibly encouraged to see when Embiid in- 
went down, um, everybody else stepping up. And I think that that does show incredible promise moving forward. And hopefully um, Deja Vu will not be um, reappearing this upcoming season and we will not be a second round exit. And, and if things go awry, to be honest with you, you're looking at, I really think you're looking at the Sixers team uh, that looks like this for, you know, this might be the last couple of weeks you're looking at it if things go wrong. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. It's blowing Great. the hell up. <laughs> yep. It's going to be bad. Um, and Bede, honestly, and that's like just a conversation that nobody wants to have too. Does yeah. he look to go away? And, and like as a fan, you don't necessarily blame – you know how loyal Embiid's been, too. And you can't really blame him at some point. You really need to blame the organization. I mean, of course, at the time, most people uh, – not this guy, though, but most people <laughs> wanted to keep Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler. But this cat, I'll give him credit. No, He I did won't. not want to from the start. And – um <sighs> It just bit us in the ass. There's so, so many much. of I mean, those too, man. Like Mikel Bridges. We keep Mikel Bridges as a completely different team too. The guy like, that we traded for isn't even in the league anymore. <laughs> Zaire Smith, bro. Jesus Christ. Playing uh, yeah, but, some of those but, names will take uh, you back. J- Jaden Springer is showing promise for next year at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. If 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 Dame Lillard, Philly's cool, bro. Come check it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. If if we do lose this this uh, series, um, I think Embiid's looking somewhere else. I mean, I respect him for doing it because he's been such a asset to this team, and we've tried multiple times with different coaches to get them to that ring, to get that ring. Um, but if, if we pull up short, I, I feel like I respect it enough, even though it's going to suck if he walks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much all we got for the Sixers, uh, all we got for the Phillies. Now it's time to get to what we do best. But before we get into that. Time for everybody's favorite part of the show, 302 Trivia with your host, Jack Dalton, the mayor of Delaware. Thank you, Fantasy Football Network. Tonight's question we got, this is this goes back. Michael Vick won the Burt Bell Award and was named the NFL Comeback Player of the Year in A, 2009, 2009 B, 2010, C, 2011, D, 2012. Again, Michael Vick won the Burt Bell Award and was named the NFL Comeback Player of the Year in A, 2009, B, 2010, C, 2011, D, 2012. And we'll give the answer at the end of the show. All right. Thank you, sir. Um, Getting into what we best, the Philadelphia Eagles. Everybody here, I think, is an Eagles person. Tommy, his second favorite team is the Eagles. I know that's for damn sure. Um, Look, Tom, how nice would it be to go out and snag this guy from the Commandos, I saw that today the Commanders said that they will not renew uh, Chase Young's fifth-year option, I believe. Uh, regardless, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the 23-24 season. Would you like to see this guy come to an Eagle? And could you see how he potentially making a trade for him, kind of doing similar to what we've done before where you use that one-year rookie contract and go all in? I don't think he would uh, trade for him. Yeah. Uh, given like everyone knows he's a high value player or at least the commanders think he's a high value player still, even with his uh, injury history, 
I think he would be a nice free agent to try to sign and next year or to try to rebuild some of that depth on the on the defensive line. I mean, he's a stud of a player when healthy. He's a stud of a player or who's going to get after the quarterback consistently when healthy. He's a guy that's going to disrupt both the run and the pass game when healthy. That's the key part here. He's always hurt. And I, I get it. The Eagles have a rotation, whereas Washington doesn't. And a lot of teams don't really have the luxury of having a lot of depth on that defensive line and having a rotation. So would he probably be great here? Yes. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily give up big big money market assets for someone who's going to be a rental probably just this year. Or if like while that contract is nice, I think you could sign him on the cheap if he gets hurt, which I don't want anyone to get hurt. I'm just saying, given his history, if he gets hurt again, he'll be able to be signed cheaply next year. And I think that would be the smarter move by Howie. And I think that's what Howie's probably going to think. Yeah, I, I really think that Chase Young, his stock has just dropped continually ever since he's ended the year, and it has nothing to do with his talent. He's obviously a great player, um, but like you said, his injury just can't stay healthy. And when we're talking about like bringing someone onto the Eagles, like we already have a defensive end that can't stay healthy in Derek Barnett. Yeah. Um. I mean, so I view it as we are we have a, a Super Bowl window right now, and we Howie has done such a good job of putting pieces on here that can contribute in every level of the game. Um, this is one of those guys, like you said, he could, he could be a rental for just this year. And if he gets hurt, you gave up all these assets in order to go get some guy that ultimately like, there's like a, I would say a probably 33% chance that he doesn't play, you know, majority of the snaps. So I thought, I think, uh, it'd be given up too much. Yeah. I mean, Jack, I, have Ash. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, I'll play devil's advocate just for the viewers' purposes. I'm going to try to make a case because you guys all make a good case against it. Um, he is a generational player. Tom, Tom did say that, and I think we all know that. We've seen what he can do when he's healthy. Um, wasn't he the guy that took out Carson Wentz um, no. in the week one when he was a rookie? He didn't injure him, but I think he had a strip sack for a fumble. Oh, uh, Maybe. I think it was like his first ever game. He strip sacked Carson, and I was sure. like, "Okay, this is legit." How many anyway, years ago was that? That was a long time ago. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think we were seniors in college. Yeah, it was our and man, we're getting oh old. that that was Carson's downfall year. You can't use that yeah. as a good example. I know, coming from the biggest Carson guy, but the point is, Chase Young. I think I'm a big rental guy, but. It's got to be cheap. Like, you got to, I think, maybe offer, like, a second and a third round. And I don't see Washington doing that. That's, that's too not steep. too steep to me. For a player like him, to go out and get him, if he's fully healthy. That's, that's, that's your a- biggest question. If. And he's never fully healthy. He's like, Carson, why did you want to get rid of Carson? Point because he sucked. <laughs> and he was hurt all the time. True, true. But here's the thing. With a quarterback, you don't have a rotation of a quarterback. You made a good point earlier that most teams don't have the luxury of a rotation. So what if when he's a rotation guy around Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, all these guys, 
Well, suddenly he becomes a rotation guy. I'm just saying, maybe as a rotation guy, it works out. I, I hear your argument, but I, I am still in the in the um, camp that I think it's too steep. And I think that just has – it comes down to the I asset. think that they're going to want a first, too. Yeah, and I think it comes oh, down yeah. to the assets that we currently have. Cause, and I'm not make, I'm not tying you to the you know hypothetical that you just put up in like a second and a third. But I'm saying like we're coming in with two firsts, a second, a third, and two sevenths. So if we were to give up that two and three, we got two firsts and two sevenths going into this draft. And obviously Howie's going to – I really think that Howie is going to make some moves so that we get some more day three picks. But as it stands right now, um, you know, that would kind of really strap us, I think. No, I think that value and, uh, like, what can you get? That's Those are all really, really good points. And perfectly bridging us into our next segment, final draft predictions. I mean, there's a lot of guys up there that the Eagles could take at 10, at 30. Um, as a podcast, I just figured we can give some of our final draft predictions. Some of the guys I have up there, Brian Branch, maybe a safety. Of course, B. John Robinson. I have not shut the fuck up about him this whole offseason. <laughs> Um, And then Nolan Smith would be huge. But who are you thinking, Jack? Well, so I've been out on the whole Bijan Robinson. um, But my roommate made a good point today. If we draft him at 10, uh, this is a Super Bowl team. Because this guy is a generational player, um, and he is what we need. He's probably going to be close to winning rookie of the year, uh, offense rookie of the year. This guy is a dog, and he loves Philly already. Granted, we can't say anything about it, but I'm on the B. John Robinson fan or on the on the train because I've said previously we don't need another running back. But as the 49ers have numerous years, they've had rotational running backs and they've always been in the, the playoffs the past five, six years. So I think this would be a good a good pickup, I think. Oh, funny how uh, – was it Arrow or was it Josh? Arrow. Okay, so funny because I've been saying it the whole off season, and you guys all keep telling me it's way too high value. It's way too high value. It doesn't fucking matter that it's way too high value because it's a Super Bowl fucking team. Just go fucking make the pick. Don't be an idiot. It's like when the Seahawks were on the goal line and they didn't hand off the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Don't be an idiot. Carry a whole defense on his back. It's like, don't overthink it. Like, you know what I mean? Don't overthink the pick. Now that Miles Sanders gone, I mean, do you need a tackle? No. Do you need a center? No. Do you need guards? Maybe. Do you really want to go out and get a guard with the 10th pick? No. Um, So unless you're like maybe getting somebody like Will Anderson or Jalen Carter I would take Bijan Robinson then. Um, and look, Jalen Carter, I get it. No. I hear why Ash says that. <laughs> a lot of off the field issues. But, I mean, hearing what people say, I'm not on the train. I just want to be mad at the pick is what I'm saying. But, Jack, choo-choo! Welcome yeah. aboard, motherfucker. Glad to have you. Also, well, and then I'll, I'll stop talking. Um, the the uh, tackle or guard from Northwestern. Um, Skronsky? Yeah, Skronsky. That man is a fucking dog i was watching highlights he would fit so well and we need somebody like that um because was Somalo. is then small leave this offseason yeah he's Smalo. a dealer now yeah, he likes pa yeah. taxes i guess <laughs> but you, no seriously skaronsky i'm i'm on that train too if we don't get um Bijan robinson i'm not saying take 
take Skronsky 10th overall, but I, I'm keeping a keen eye out for him. I, I am ready to stand on my soapbox. I'm ready to jump out of my skin for B. John Please Robinson. Stop. Dalton, I'm coming to your defense, man. All right, so I've got a Thanks. few points I got to lay out here. Uh, the the offensive line thing. Obviously, losing Sayamalu, I believe that is a massive hole. But it's a massive hole between two Hall of Famers in Jason Thank Kelsey you. and Lane Johnson. Secondly, we have the greatest positional coach in Eagles history in Jeff Stoutland. I believe that if you were to just take a offensive line, you, you don't go, you don't wait all the way until day three for an offensive lineman, but you can wait until day two in the second or third round. And Jason, uh, I'm sorry, Jeff Statland, I believe is a good enough coach to where if you were to have an offensive lineman, that is, t- that is a second, third round talent. And he enters the league and he's learning under Jeff Statland. And you were to compare him versus a guy that is a, top 15 talent uh, for offensive line, and he's not being trained by Jeff Stoutland, I believe three years into their respective careers, they're pretty much on the same level. So that, to me, opens up the freedom in not having to draft an offensive lineman high. Now, the guy that I love in B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson, I agree, is a generational running back. And generational players, you you don't risk trading back and hoping that they're there. I, I know that that has been a, a topic this entire offseason, and it's one that I've even, you know, indulged in. It, w- it would be great to be able to trade back, gain assets, and still get Bijan. But in reality, I was talking to one of my buddies uh, over this past weekend, and I, I, I'm sure it'll come up later in this show. We were talking about the whole Derrick Henry news. And, you know, there was these rumors that maybe there's a trade in the works to get Derrick Henry to Philadelphia. And we got to talking, and we both came to the conclusion that when you consider my the mileage on them, the money, um, all of the factors that come into it with Derrick Henry, we said, you know, I think I would rather have Bijan than Derrick Henry. And when you come to that conclusion, that you would rather have a player rather than the, the best running back of our generation that's currently playing – then you don't risk not taking him at 10. It's that simple. If we're talking about deciding between Derrick Henry and Bijan Robinson, it's obvious to me. Go get the guy. Yeah, like don't overcomplicate it. Just like go all in, put all your chips in on this year because your Super Bowl window closes so fast and it is so hard to go to a Super Bowl back-to-back years. And then after that, you don't know what's going to happen. Look at the Bengals, for example. They lose. They go to the AFC Championship, and they lose that again. And honestly, look, I have a lot of confidence in the Bengals, but the AFC is loaded, and I just don't know the next time that the Bengals will be back in the AFC Championship, let alone the Super Bowl. So, I mean, the NFC is a lot, like, more sucky now, especially the Aaron Rodgers left. I think that that was the dumbest thing on his part. Because I think that, that was his clearest path. Um, but that's a story for another time. What were you saying, though? I, w- I was going to say, because uh, you mentioned the, the Bengals kind of taking a backseat. I thought the Bills did a similar thing, too. So moving oh. forward into next year, who do you think um, who do you think has more potential, the Bengals or the Bills? Ooh, that's a good question. Jack, you want to take this one first? Ha, 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 ha. That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with the bills. Um, I just think Josh Allen is consistently playing well. Um, I mean, granted they lost what's his face, Tremaine Edmonds, um, in the defense, but 
I just think all around the Bills are a better team than the Bengals. That's a hot take, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I think the Bills are going to have a better season, a better chance of making it to the AFC Championship. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead next. I'm going to say the Bills. Um, I love Joe Burrow. I'm an LSU fan. I just think that I'm more confident in the Bills coaching staff. Um, Sean McDermott, I think, is a really good play caller, and there's nothing against, is the uh, Zach. Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a great coach. I just don't think that he has that experience yet that the Bills have. And the Bills are loaded, man, like from top to bottom. Whereas, like, when I look at the Bengals, I see two players, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And look, Joe Mixon is good. Um, Joe Mixon is good. now, I think, right? He's in legal trouble. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, there's a whole shit show that's going on there. So, like, they have no offensive line. Um, their secondary isn't what it used to be. Didn't Jesse Bates just leave and go to the Falcons, I think? Correct. Yep. yep. Correct. Yeah. So they're not the team that they were. So for me, it's the it's the Bills. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have to sorry, Ash, did you want to No, I, I mean I totally agree with you with the other two guys. I definitely feel like it's the Bills. I think they consistently, even though um, you know, technically on paper the Bengals may have been performing better. I think the Bills have that consistency needed to potentially um, go and win that Super Bowl. Dalt, if you want, I, I'll play devil's advocate here. <laughs> Just because I, lo- I love Joey Burrow. I'm sorry. I have a soft spot for Joey Burrow. Oh, he, he like, favorite non-Eagles quarter- quarterback in the league right now is definitely Joey Burrow. Um, but I could see, like, for me – I'm like, he's one of those guys, every time somebody says he doesn't have enough receivers, he doesn't have enough of this, he doesn't have enough that, all of a sudden, Joe Burrow finds a way to improve his team just a little bit and just enough of to get them to that elite level. What we're seeing, too, with a lot of these elite quarterbacks in the league right now, too, is, is they're slicing and dicing the best defenses apart. Or when it comes to playoff time. So, like, you're going to have to put up 35, 45 points in a game to win in the playoffs now. So, like we saw with Tom Brady against us. Yeah, we put up. Yeah, Tom Brady lost to us in the Super Bowl. But he also threw for an NFL record. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, you need somebody who's going to be able to do that. Joe Burrow can consistently do that. And with uh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen has the same elbow injury that uh, Bryce Harper has and had to have have uh, surgery on that to repair it as well. So knowing those two things, I'm going to go with with the Bengals just because Burrows, they got, got Burrows, who's always improving, always finding another way to improve and in, in a league where as long as you have an elite quarterback who can slice and dice a defense, coverage defense is kind of overrated anymore. It's no longer the John Madden defenses win you championships. It's really who can outsling the other quarterback anymore. Or that's kind of what it's be- like. Look at the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, we can say the Eagles' coverage fell apart, sure, but so did Kansas City's. Like, 
They had what one fumble recovery, big whoop. Jalen Hurts like out pretty much outdueled Patrick Mahomes most of the game, other than that one mistake. But it's a it was a constant like gunfight between the two. Like defense didn't play a factor on either side. The turf, if anything, played more of a factor. But I'm not gonna get down that route. My point <laughs> being is, I think a court like. You just need more of an elite quarterback. And because I think with Josh Allen's elbow injury that occurred last year, that still allowed him to play because it wasn't super serious, but still needed to be taken care of in the offseason. And Joe Burrow still on the rise. I'm going to have to take the bagels. Mm, mm. And uh, just to kind of further come full circle on what you were just talking about in you know, you got to put up the most points uh, in today's day. And uh, it, you have to put up a lot of points to win in yeah. today's NFL. Um, just come full circle. If we were to get Bijan, just saying, we'd probably get like <laughs> 35, 40 points a game. <laughs> Throwing that one out fair. there. <laughs> well, I mean, Plus, uh, uh, I just want to add one more point. This also further helps you. You have Cam Jurgens, who can also play guard. Yep, and it's yep. a big country. Yep. So you might not even need to draft another lineman when you already have Cam Jurgens. Yep. Yeah, I, I get that. But here's the thing. Cam Jurgens is not a guard at all. He's too short for that. I mean, he's quick. They on said the, the same thing about Kelsey, but he is a center. <laughs> yeah, so that's the difference there. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like Cam Jurgens is, is going to be better at center when Kelsey's out than he would be at guard. I feel like – No, more... I agree with you. I'm just saying as – a stop plug for one season, yep. I think he'd be a beast at it. Yeah, let him literally sit in between Jason Kelsey and Lane fucking Johnson. Or even on the other side, put him in between Jason Kelsey and Jordan Mulata. Uh, like Evan said earlier, two Hall of Famers. Jordan Mulata could be that third potential Hall of Famer. I mean, the trajectory of his career, um, it's looking pretty good so far. So, I mean, they're looking really good. Yeah, I mean, um, to the point about the Bengals and Bills, to go back to that, mm-hmm. um, I think Tom was saying you need a, a you know, a, what's the word? A, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But what I'm saying is Josh Allen is a unicorn. He can do – he can – Oh, he's deep. a stud. Granted, his injury is going to pre- prevent that. But he can throw deep. He can rush. Joe Burrows could do that in college. Rushing it? Who? Huh? Joe Burrows? Joe Burrow, I said. <laughs> but I feel like Josh Allen's more versatile than Joe Burrow is. Okay. That's a fair point, I think. I agree with that. Um, like, whereas I think Josh Allen reminds me more of like a Brett Favre, and I'm not saying Brett Favre was versatile, but Brett Favre was a lot more versatile than Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady has 54 speed in Madden. I know that as a Madden player because I've used it before. <laughs> you know, um, but, time, so don't call yourself a Madden player. Go ahead. All right, go fuck yourself. Anyway, <laughs> I'll let you take this first. Um, actually, wait. I know who I'm definitely going to let take this first. I will let Ash take this first because she – is the leader of the hate Jalen Carter fan club. She does not want this guy in Philadelphia. And I honestly can't say I blame her all 100% because there is a lot of off-the-field concerns. Ash, why do you not want the Eagles to trade up for this guy or even take him at 10? 
I'll go into that in just a minute. But one person that nobody has said anything about for the draft tomorrow, and I'm not sure he may, if we get drafty John Robinson, we're not going to be able to get him. But Sidney Brown from U of I, a safety. I just pulled his stats from 2022. Something to note, he only had um, one sack and one forced fumble. However, he did have six interceptions, and one of which was a pick six that he ran for 47 yards. So just kind of um, something that I feel like he could be a really good fit in that offense. And I did send um, Dalton a clip of him earlier. I don't know if that was last week, this week. I don't know. All the days mesh together. But he is somebody to keep an eye out for as well. And I feel like he could really fit well um, into our defense. Okay. Now on to my Jalen Carter. Um, sit back so, Main um, event. <laughs> a, we don't need him. We don't really – we don't need him. And my biggest issue with him is the locker room issues. He is refusing to talk to any team that is projected to pick below the 10th pick. Um, in my opinion, if I was a coach, manager, anybody, and I was seeing that, that would bring up red flags for me. If I had a 22-year-old kid that was saying, I'm not talking to a team that's picking below that, Personally, that would cause, you know, that would just kind of raise questions for me. You can have all of those guys in the locker room that are doing the right thing. But if you have one person that's doing the wrong thing, suddenly that just causes a whole host of issues. And also, I think the fact that we would probably have to give up a lot to move up and his stats for the last couple of seasons have not been anything special. Um, and also he does seem to be somewhat injury prone as well. So just between all of that, I do not think that it is worth it to trade up to get a guy that is mediocre at best. No, that was well articulated. I do not want to draft him at all now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, Evan, you want to go ahead and take it first, our guest? Uh, well, you see, I kind of am a, a Jalen Carter guy. I, um, I would personally take him at 10 and it comes down to, I think that if you think about, um, if you're looking at like the stats, uh, I think it comes down, you're not going to see it so much on the stat sheet as much as just, uh, the disruption he causes for the players around him. Um, so like the other guys on the line are able to eat and I just have the images of like pairing him next to Jordan Davis for the next half decade. And, uh, like Jordan Davis is a guy that demands a double team uh, on the defensive line just because of his sheer size. And Jalen Carter seems to be another guy that fits that same sort of thing. So if you have two guys that realistically draw a double team versus an offensive line that only has five players on it, that creates a lot of mismatches. Um, that's one aspect I totally like about Jalen Carter. What I don't like about Jalen Carter is the other things that you listed. I mean, obviously um, – the, the whole thing about him saying he doesn't want to talk to anyone outside of the top 10, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. And obviously the legal issues with the, uh, the drag racing that resulted in a, uh, a guy, a play, another player's death. And then, you know, he left the scene of the accident. It doesn't show good decision-making. Um, so it's one of those things that like, it's a double-edged sword. I think he really is a tremendous. Um, I, I think he is, is a tremendous talent. Um, but it's one of those things of like, is he a locker room leader? I don't think so. Um, and when you're looking at, uh, the top 10 pick, um, those are guys that you want to bring in that aren't going to mess up what we've created here. Um, we've created, just look at anything from last year, obviously like the vibes are great, but like the chemistry in our locker room was on another level last year. And if you bring in a guy that disrupts that, um, 
you know, I, I think I think it's a major risk. It's a huge risk reward. It could end up being a tremendous move or can end up being a, a team breaker. And that's why I kind of look at um, another guy on his line in Nolan Smith. Uh, that's a guy that I think is a true leader. Um, he puts up the numbers and uh, he's played with the other Georgia boys that we have. Frankie. What up? And if you haven't met Frank yet. This is our old coworker, basically our big brother that we never had. Frank coworker Longo. where? At our job, uh, at work daily, at our uh, our trash job that we used to work. But Frank, <laughs> is your is your mic working, man? No, no we can't not. hear shit. A typical <laughs> Frank moment. So I guess he'll be back. <laughs> He's like, fuck you. That's what he just said. No, I mean, Jack. I don't have much to say about this. I think it would be a good addition to our, our D-line. And all those locker room shenanigans, um, I think they will be nipped in the butt by Jalen Hurts because that, that, that will not fly in this locker room um, at all. So I think with that leadership we have, that's going to be nipped in the butt right away. Um, and like you said, I think it would be a good matchup with Jordan Davis, um, the double team. Um, and I, I just think, but I, if we're a win now team going to the Super Bowl, I think B. John Robinson is is the guy we want to get at ten for sure. B. John, B. John. Say that again. Sorry, say that again. I said if we we're trying to get to the Super Bowl next year or the next two years, I think B. John Robinson is that man. That we no, you that. said that wrong. It's Dalton was right. Is nope. <laughs> I'm never saying that ever. Yeah, Dalton. Uh-oh. I'm sorry, Evan, Evan, was right. Evan was right. Evan was right. Never get any love. There you go. Um, in all seriousness, the one thing, too, is didn't Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter play a year or two together in college? Yep. So there's that. And mm-hmm. Nicobe Dean's in that mix, too. Yep. And if they, hypothetically, I don't think that this would happen, but anything is possible, say that they go out and take Jalen Carter at 10, and then they decide to move up somehow for the cornerback Ringo. Well, you have four guys that all played together in college. Um, and, and there's something to be said for that because they're all first round talents too. I mean, that's the, the cool part about, you know, college football, especially some of these bigger schools, Georgia, LSU, uh, Clemson, um, Alabama, of course, you know, when you think about these schools, they have, you know, five pretty much at minimum every year, um, some three, but that's still so impressive. First round talents. I mean, and if teams are going to be smart, they're going to start looking at, okay, how can we couple some of these guys together that already have this chemistry so we can get ahead of other teams? Um, I'm I mean, all for it, man. And when you think of the locker room issues too, I mean, the fact that Jordan Davis and the Kobe Deem have played with Jalen Carter – the Eagles, you know, for brass, their front office can at least talk to Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean and be like, give us the inside scoop. Like, what's this guy like? And um, at least they have inside knowledge. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of talk happens behind closed doors. 100 percent. And um, moving on to our last topic of the night, Evan, you kind of hinted at it earlier. Um, Derek Henry. Now, look, I just want to say something before we get into this topic. Now, last year. Uh, once again, another, you know, I told you so moment was one of my best friends, Jack. But, no, everybody remembers. Um, everybody knows what I'm going to say. I haven't shut the fuck up about it all year. And this is basically the last time I can use it for, you know, ever. So I better, you know, milk the cow one last time on draft Eve. But last year, 
about two weeks before uh it was actually my throwback you know aj brown and uh jalen hurts were working out and everybody was saying dalton you're looking too far into it and i was like no aj brown will be an eagle by the end of the draft bada bing bada boom now look how he might have a pretty good is that dumbass still he got fired so they got a new GM. So, look, there's already going to be a guard because you're you're the Philadelphia Eagles. We're the team that just absolutely bent over your old GM. So, new GM's going to be like, don't get bent over by this team. That's that's new, like, claws. Don't get fucked, uh, please, by the Eagles, especially. In all seriousness, he's a running back that's 29 years old. Offer a second-round pick for him if you don't get Bijan. And then maybe go out and take Jalen Carter or somebody like that, if you want to invest in Young. I think Derrick Henry is worth a second-round pick, uh, in my opinion, because that's an instant starter, and he's also going to be on a committee. Like, that's the thing. You have Gainwell. Apparently, you know, jersey number zero is going up early on the website. If he changes his number, he's going to be an absolute bad motherfucker. Regardless, he's going to be a stud next year. And, you know, you got Boston Scott coming back. You got guys that have roles on this team. And I think that Derrick Henry would be a great piece. It's just the question is, what do you give up for him? Because he is a beat down 29-year-old running back. Uh, and and time will tell, you know, to see what how he does. I just think, in my opinion, it would be so funny to see the Eagles finesse the Titans back-to-back years with two different GMs. And then if we go out again this year and this GM gets fired in one year, I'm going to say I told y'all motherfuckers it's the boomerang effect. Just saying. <laughs> Dalton, um, you are so fucking wrong. You're wild. Yes! He's got audio. Tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> so fucking wild. Derek Henry will be the rushing leader in the fucking league if he has that offensive line. Name me one offensive lineman from the Titans. You can, fucking cannot. Uh, you uh, made Miles Sanders a fucking monster. They made Miles Sanders look amazing. And Miles Sanders isn't going to do shit. He's going to be a secondary uh, line, uh, running back at best. Derrick Henry will be the number one rushing league player. Every fantasy league owner will fucking come who has Derrick Henry. And he, if he goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, is he worth the first round pick? Absolutely. The guy is only $1.2 million for next year and $622,000 the second year. You're fucking wild. That is the cheaper than your fucking first round pick. Blow a dick, Dalton. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, wow. Welcome to the show, the Frank. I love it. He came right out of a cannon. Yeah, I just heard that. You're fucking wild. Dalton, he's three of you in his thigh. <laughs> I don't think they're going to use him that way, though. That's the thing. Because Put him the up in through the tackles. We don't have a running back that can't go through the tackles. Let the boy yeah, run. Like, Let the man eat. It's all about what are you so, going to give up for him? You got to look at him as a business purchase. All right, you get a tw- all right a twenty nine year old running back. Oh yeah, by the way, that just destroys people. Doesn't have a running back. Usually has to break a tackle before he gets to his own offensive line. So if now if he's breaking a tackle past your offensive line, he's breaking tackles to your linebacker or safety valve. So he's getting a fifteen yard run every single time. 
Tell me I'm wrong. I got I got to agree with Frank and the fact that I think if Derrick Henry were to come here, he would be the rushing leader. I think his potential behind this offensive line, he sets the rushing record. Um, but it comes down to the, how long are you going to have him? It's it's uh, Frank. Would you deal. rather have Would you rather have Bijan or Derek? Two year, two year deal with Derek. You have okay. Listen, you have the best center in the league right now, Jason mm-hmm. Kelson, arguably right now. Yeah. But you're not going to have him forever. Yes. You're not. Like I'm sorry, but in the next two years, we're not going to be. But we you know, did extend Stoutland. We did extend our offensive line coach, who has been a genius for us for the past decade. We just gotta sort of look out for our future, but right now the future's now because we still have uh Jalen in a rookie uh contract. You gotta look for like this year is do or die. I have and to we're gonna pass the ball. ball. Like we're not gonna have to hand it off every time, buddy. You forget we have the fucking MVP. You're wild. Our defense our literally all you wanna have 20 passing ball. touchdowns or something? Okay, you are wild because the play action pass and the run option play is our number one play in the whole league. And the I'm not saying it's why, not. Dude, the, the whole reason is it's because you're sucking the linebackers in for the run. The linebackers shoot back out. They're fucking running the ball. And what are you going to do? You're going to have a Derrick Henry as an option play now? Now you have Jalen looking. You have to play Derrick Henry or Jalen or A.J. Brown. Yeah. I am sorry, but that is fucking scary. <laughs> oh, wait. Or Devon Evan brings up a good point, though, about the investment of Bijan, though. That's one thing you got to think about is Bijan's cheap for the next four years. You got to pay Derek. With, with a fifth-year option if you if you take him in the first round. Which yeah, you but go. you don't know what it is. I mean, you, you do know what you, it is. You, you, also, you also can't pay. guarantee that you Derek Henry's going to stay back. healthy. You don't have a proven – no. I'm sorry, but so, you still have Penny and you still have Gainwell. Who still yeah, we have also can't Penny. Stay I healthy. forgot about him. He also can't stay healthy. So yeah. here's the thing. So, <laughs> no matter if we if we if we pick up Derrick Henry somehow yeah, or if we draft Bijan Robinson, we're still gonna make it to the to the Super Bowl because Bijan Robinson is gonna most likely behind the Eagles offensive line will win the offensive player of the year. Rookie, we're going to pick a lineman. I guarantee. No, not. I, that's 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 wild. I, that's the third thirty. I don't think it's a that's good wild. idea. We don't need offensive line right now. We no. need a guard. That's I mean, it. Not. Are you for picking an offensive lineman, Frank, or that's what you think is going to happen with how? That's going to happen with at ten. At ten. So who would you draft? Frank's in the Fra- Frank's in the room right now with Mr. Lurie, Julian Lurie, Howie Roseman. He's hanging out. He's three Bud Lights deep, and they say, Frank, who you want? You gotta take the boy from Texas, or you got if the, if the cornerback from Georgia's there, and I mean I am I am Ringo, yeah, he's there. <laughs> I'm fucking taking him, but I highly doubt that he's gonna be there. And truthfully, you gotta remember the fan. The draft is not like, hey man, like people are gonna be aggressive against us. They're gonna try to get fucking Robinson from us. Now yeah. I have a question yeah. for you. If someone drafts Robinson before us, do we draft back? That's a great question. I would say it depends if Jalen Carter's there. I think Nolan Smith will be there if you move back, and I think Brian Branch will be there if you move back. And those are two guys that I want. So I would move back to like 13 to 15. That's what I'm talking about. about I'm thinking thinking about fucking over Titans and just grabbing a couple draft picks for the next year. (laughs) 
So if we can't get Denrick. Fuck you. Let's get like your other first round. Let's talk about it. Because <laughs> they really want that. They really want that right guard. And I, I would love to fuck them up with that. And then we turn around. All right, we have your two first round picks for the next two years. Here's, uh, how about Derek now? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's talk about it. Can't hurt. Um, the, the Titans were pushing for us. How this whole evolved out, and this is what I'm hearing through rumors, is that the Titans walked up to how and they're like, "Hey, what what can we give you for the tenth for the tenth pick? Because we know what you're going to pick." And how it goes, Derek, as a joke, and Derek heard it, and then Derek sort of just like built it out to his like friends and stuff. And that's how it started just going like this. And then his agent talked about it and it started going like that. And then it went through Twitter. Like you guys saw my text message in the group. I was like, Derek Henry, uh, Eagle by the end of this week. <laughs> Once I saw Yeah, it, he, he he did send it and he was like, you motherfuckers better look out. And I think that it could happen. It's just, Hey man, and, and, and Howie loves himself a splash around this time of year, man. How, Howie is the one that I think we're going to wait until draft day, and that, something's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, so, but Howie gets off I to agree. this shit. You're right. No, he does. Like, like Howie loves his moment in the sun where they could just be like, "Oh, remember that giant move I made this off season that changed the entire organization?" Yeah, Howie, but, Howie loves that shit, man. That's literally how he's sitting there. He's like, "Yeah, I did that." Like you, you saw him the other day. Like he had a water bottle, and he's like. <laughs> I love that Napoleon complex that he has because, dude, it's like fuck you, who are you? Like kind of attitude. I, I to be honest, did you see that uh, earlier this year when um, he got into it? Not got into it, but with a with fan. A fan? Yeah, goes, oh. yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Like, if you, I, I apologize. Yeah, give you your first dude. Super Bowl. I love that. I love that. I like it. I like our GM is the main talk about the whole NFL because I think the second most important position. In the whole organization is the, is quarterback than GM. Yeah. I think it's definitely a hidden factor, mm-hmm. and I think the Eagles have proven that. And I'm not even gonna lie, Kansas City's GM is a fucking genius. I mean, who would ever get rid of Tariq Hill and still go to the Super Bowl? I mean, the guys, the guys, and then dump off Juju like shows all those wide receivers. Yeah, you're replaceable. I'll just draft somebody. I don't, I don't need to sign any guys to a long term deal. I got Patrick, Patrick Kelsey. I'm sorry, but it, it does. I mean, I know he's done. I still don't. I like. It, I have to ask you guys. Like, a lot of people are like, "Oh, do you hate Kansas City now?" I'm like, "Nah, man, I don't. I, I, I really don't hate Kansas City. Like, it's like." Like Andy's soul, I respect him. I still love Andy. I love Travis. Saw him in Seattle City, one of the nicest, lovable dudes I've ever met. Yeah, bro. What does that sound like? Very, really, just nice. Nice. The whole Kelsey family, super nice. I mean, you can't hate on them. Um, And just that whole organization. I mean, Juju trying to talk shit, and then they get rid of him right away. And I'm like, yeah, it just shows how that organization handles itself and then they got rid of uh what's her name um uh Mahomes' wife and uh brother they, they got sure. rid of her no not rid of her but she's Maybe not allowed divorced. on the field that was her brother his brother's not allowed on the field no access passes no nothing not allowed to do any tiktoks 
in the stadium or they get in trouble. And I was like, class. <laughs> Shit's crazy. Um, but I'm going to kick but it hey, to the, the today, boys. That's all I got to say. That was a good time. And Other you can answer the trivia too, Frank, if you want. Time for everybody's favorite part of the show, 302 Trivia, with your host, Jack Dalton, the mayor of Delaware. Yep. Again, thank you, Fantasy Football Network, for that sponsor. The question we have tonight is Michael Vick won the Burt Bell Award and was named the NFL Comeback Player of the Year in A, 2009, B, 2010, C, 2011, D, 2012. And the answer is... 2010, and the only person that got it right on the team is Ash, yet again. No one asked me. <laughs> Hold up. Time out. I was going to say 2010. No, you Sorry, weren't. That's what they all no, said. you fucking weren't. <laughs> so, Tom got it wrong. Wait, wait. Hold on. <laughs> wait. Frank, what's your answer? <laughs> Are you serious, Tom? Yes. Yeah, what's your answer? Yeah, when? 2010. There you go. So, Frank got, got it right. You, 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 can, you can stick it, Thornton. Yeah, yeah but you got it wrong, Todd, and don't got it wrong. So, Ash is the only one that got it right, which is crazy. But, Ash, you're, you're cooler than them, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ash is in the lead right now. I think she has seven. I think, I think that's what I'm up to. I think I've gotten every single one of them right yeah. so far. I don't think I've missed one yet. No. So, again, <laughs> and then leading off, Frank, appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Evan, you guys have any last comments before we end the call, end the show? Uh, I just want to say, uh, yeah, uh, go check out Fourth and John. That's where that's where I be doing my podcast. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for having me on. This was a fun time. There we go. Would I love to come back? Yeah, seriously. Make sure you guys subscribe to Fourth and John. They do a weekly show as well. Check out all your Eagles content with both of us. They do awesome things there, and their tailgates are off the hook. And if you want to thank the handsome guy that makes the cheese steaks at the tailgates, there he is. So come say hi this season. G two. G two. Thank you so much. Fire. Frank, are you having any kids anytime soon? Because you're a married man. Ask your mom, Dordan. <laughs> <laughs>